On today's episode of the Digging In Podcast, we talk about King Saul. fourth week of the Digging In Podcast Lessons from Series. Thank you so much for joining us for the second episode of this week and for a heck of a good one at that. Today we are talking about King Saul and his massive impact on the kingdom of Israel. But before we do that, there's always something that we got to do first. Let's get our Bible, our pen, our paper, and let's dig in. Father God, thank you so much for bringing us together to study your word. God, to learn about who you are and how you have affected the entire role of human history just by choosing to work through us. God, thank you so much for the chance that we have to really honestly set aside time, God, and fix our eyes on you. It is, it is this fixing our eyes on you that leads us to a deeper reliance on you, a deeper uh, understanding of who you are, and ultimately a deeper love for who you are in our lives. God, we thank you so much for every opportunity we have in our lives to focus on you, but also every opportunity that you give us to reveal yourself to us. Open our eyes today to learn about you and reveal to us anything and everything that you have for our growth. We love you, God. In your name, amen. Holy cow, I hope you guys are ready to dig in today. This is part one of two in our little episodes on King Saul and the lessons that we can be learning from him. The reason I'm splitting this one and our next two episodes after that into two parts is because we're going to be looking at two of the most important biblical characters in the entire kingdom of Israel, the story of the kingdom of Israel. And that is King Saul and then his uh, sort of protege, but at least the one who follows him in King David. This is episode one of the King Saul episode. And so you're going to see a really unique picture of who King Saul is. Also, Mom, I'm sorry I just said really unique. I know that unique is an absolute, therefore nothing can be really unique. Sorry. I mean, now I'm just blabbering to everybody about it. Let's just jump in, guys. Let's just dig in to scripture, why don't we? Today I want you to read uh, 1 Samuel, and you're going to, the, the story of, of uh, Saul starts in um, 8. Starts in 1 Samuel 8. Now, the story goes until the end of 1 Samuel. If you feel ambitious today, you can read from 1 Samuel 8 to 1 Samuel 31. That is the entire story of Saul. While I would encourage you guys to absolutely read this story, you don't have to do it right now. But again, I would say that in order to really understand the fullness of who Saul is, it would be so important that you guys actually find that fascination and and dig into scripture on your own. As always, I want you to learn some tools, learn some information with me, but then dig into scripture on your own. So uh, that's where we're going to be going today. And the major areas I want you to look at are absolutely going to be 1 Samuel 8, 1 Samuel 10, 1 Samuel 12, and then 1 Samuel 15 will finish off our episode today. So 1 Samuel 8, 10, 12, and 15. Go ahead and read those and also answer this question. What is a king? 
With that, what is the perfect depiction of a perfect king? What do you think a perfect king looks like? Now, if you're about to write Jesus down, um, yes, you're right, but choose a different answer. What does a king look like? What are the actions? What are the ways that the king talks? What is it, how do they treat the people? What does a perfect king look like? So read those, answer that question, and then join us back. All right, so if you guys remember from our last episode, we are looking at King Saul, but also we are looking at Samuel. Samuel, who is the prophet at this time, is the one who you are introduced to right there in 1 Samuel 8. I almost said 1 Kings, not yet. 1 Samuel 8, you're reintroduced to Samuel. A few chapters before this in 1 Samuel 4 through 7, there's a crazy moment where we hear about the Ark of the Covenant again. Uh, that thing that, you know, that thing where God's presence is, the dwelling place of God that follows Israel everywhere they go. Uh, we heard about that. The Philistines, the bad guys, took it. And God dealt with them harshly, so they, in fear, they returned the ark right back uh, to Israel. And it was at that time when they realized, hey, we need a king. And this is what they said. I Just read with me right here in 1 Samuel 8 and read how Samuel tries to get his own sons to be the judges over Israel. And you should hear that word judges or read that word judges. Now it almost wince at how bad that is thinking about them being judges. Ugh, it's just not good. Never good. Um, but the elders of Israel noticed it, which is great that they noticed it and they realized that Samuel's kids, just like Eli's kids, aren't that great. And so um, we need to figure out something else. And so let's read what they say here in 1 Samuel 8 verse 5. All the elders came to him, and behold, you are old, and your sons do not walk in your ways. Now appoint for us a king to judge all of us, just like all the other nations. Now, you may be thinking to yourself, okay, great, so Israel wants a king, and they want a king to, to lead them and rule them, and it can't be Samuel and his kids, right? So Israel's just looking for someone to lead them. Great, what, what's wrong about that? Here's the deal. God has not said to pick a leader. Right? God appointed Samuel. Before that, God appointed certain people. He used and chose and appointed certain people. And he hasn't appointed anyone yet. So this is the people asking for a king, asking for a leader. And not only that, the reason that they're giving for why they want a king is so that they can be like the other nations. Now, if you remember correctly, God has already called Israel to not be like the other nations, but rather to trust and believe in him and all that he is doing and that he will lead his people. And yet, here's Israel choosing again for themselves. They say, here, human being who is slightly higher than all the other human beings, will you please give us a human being to lead all of us human beings around in the most human being way possible? It's amazing, isn't it? I know that was super annoying, sorry. But understand the, the ridiculousness of this, of this phrase. We just left the judges era where human beings were leading just like other nations were. And now they're saying, hey, uh, actually we want someone to lead us like other nations. Now that those Philistines just came right in here and took the ark. Now we got it back, which is great, but don't you think we need a king? Now, what's crazy is that Samuel is hesitant about this. He, he doesn't really think that that's really the best option. But then God speaks to him in uh, verse 7. And he says, just obey the voice of the people in all that they say, for they have not rejected you, but they have rejected me from being king over them. Then he goes on to say, understand that 
the king that's going to reign over them, we'll, we'll do something about it in a little bit, but something's going to happen. And then Samuel gives this amazing warning. It's, it's actually pretty crazy. In 8.10 through 18, he actually gives a warning to all of Israel saying, you want to be like the other nations, but I want you to know that having a king isn't really all that it's cracked out to be, especially not when you want it to be the one you choose. However, they don't really heed that warning, nor do they really care. And so then in 819 through the end of 8, they actually, uh, God grants them that and says, okay, you guys still want a king. I guess go ahead and do your king thing. And sure enough, what do they do? In, in chapter 9, we are introduced to Saul, a handsome young man. He was a Benjamite who had you know, a father who was decently wealthy. And he was not, he was, there was not a man among the people of Israel more handsome than he was from his shoulders upward. And he was taller than any of the people. So uh, ultimately, this, this Saul guy becomes the king. But here's what's wild. Remember when I told you guys to hold on to the name of Samuel? I told you guys that his name meant the one asked for from God. That he'd be the one that Hannah asked for who came from God. Here's what's wild. Saul's name means the one asked for from the people. So the appointed one was Samuel, the one who came from God. And the people appointed one <laughs> is Saul, the one who came from the people. And so what we read is that although he's handsome and he's mighty and no one is taller than him and he's, you know, wild and all that. And in, in chapter 10, he's anointed king and God actually just kind of says, yeah, okay, cool. He's king. Um, he goes on to actually defeat a whole bunch of bad guys. The dude is awesome. And you're like, okay, King Saul, the people wanted you. The people got you and you don't really suck. So that's great, right? And then even at the end of chapter 11, like the kingdom of Israel is seem, seemingly united now. Like it's starting to become united. People are falling under the leadership of Saul and they trust him. And then we read chapter 12. And chapter 12 is a very unique chapter in that chapter 12 is Samuel's farewell address. And what that means is that what Samuel is about to say is going to sound a lot like what he said in chapter 8, which is a warning. Remember, the prophet is the one who not only preaches and, and, and professes the word of God to the people, but he also warns them. So read with me in, in 12.6. It says, And Samuel said to the people, The Lord is my witness who appointed Moses and Aaron who brought your fathers up out from the land of Egypt. Now therefore stand still that I may plead with you before the Lord concerning all the righteous deeds of the Lord that he performed for you and for your fathers. Then what he does is he goes into a history of all things that have happened that God has done for Israel. And so it moves forward and he basically says, don't you remember that God did this? God did this. God did this. God is your king. He's been the one leading you. And then in verse 12, he says, and when you saw that Nahash, the king of the Ammonites came against you, you said to me, no, but a king shall reign over us. The Ammonites are the, are the Philistines. They're the, the ones who came against them and took the ark. And they, the, the response was, no, we need a king now even though the Lord your God was your king. Verse 13. And now behold, the king whom you have chosen, for whom you have asked, behold, the Lord has set a king over you. 
If you will fear the Lord and serve the Lord and obey his voice and not rebel against the commandments of the Lord, and if you both if both you and the king who reigns over you will follow the Lord your God, then it will be well. So he warns them, or first he gives a history lesson. He says, God has always been leading you. Look at all what he's done. The king that you asked for is over you now. Great. God has allowed that to happen. Even though God is your king and your leader, he allowed for this to happen. So if all of you, and including the king, if all of you listen to the Lord your God, if you fear him, serve him, obey him, and do not rebel against his commandments, then everything will be fine. And then uh, you, you keep going and the rest of 12 is this the finishing of the warning of what will happen if you don't. And then uh, it says in 19, And all the people said to Samuel, Pray for your servants to the Lord your God that we may not die. For we have added to all our sins that this evil by asking ourselves for a king. And he's like, oh, guys, don't be afraid. The Lord God is with you. All that, right? A whole bunch of good stuff. And then he says, Moreover, verse 23, Moreover, as for me, far be it from me that I should sin against the Lord by ceasing to pray for you. I will instruct you in the good and right way. Only fear the Lord and serve him faithfully with all your heart, for consider what great things he has done for you. But if you still do wickedly, you shall be swept away, both you and your king. Wow. <laughs> um, crazy, because this farewell address is is right after what feels like the origins of Israel's kingdom. The Israel is starting to become united, and all of a sudden, Samuel says, but hold on, slow your roll, focus on God. This king is not going to be the answer. This one person who is leading you and leading your country is not going to be the one to solve all of your problems. You still have to believe, and so does he. And so that what we read is in 13 and in 14, we read of some really awesome battles and um, some, some winnings. But what we read actually in 13, in verses Sorry, sorry, 13, 13 through 15, we actually read about Saul's first problem. He makes an unlawful sacrifice. He was told that he needed to wait a few days for Samuel to show up before he makes a sacrifice, before fighting this battle. And then he gets impatient and doesn't want to wait. And so he decides, even though he's not a priest or a prophet, that he is going to just step in and do the sacrifice himself. He's like, ah, I've seen it. I can do it. It's fine. And so he does the sacrifice himself, and then he lies about it. And God's like, hey, uh, that's not good. You're not supposed to do that. And so sure enough, God's like, okay, you know, he asked for forgiveness. I'll, I'll forgive you. And then he has another problem right after that and in 14. Uh, and, and he's told to um, go and destroy, utterly destroy all these people, leave no survivors, um, and do not rob the place. Just kill the people you need and, and leave. And so he kills most of the people but keeps some of them alive. And then they loot the place and rob the whole place that they just captured, breaking all the things that God told them to do. And then we get to 15. First Samuel 15. 
And we read, you can even just read that little that little title above 15 that came like in the, in the medieval times is when they started titling and putting verse numbers on all of our Bible passages. Those weren't originally there in the script. It would have just been on a scroll. It would have just been all of these words, just kind of one after another, no punctuation, um, no verses, no titles. But you read a really great description of what this first part of 15 is about. The Lord rejects Saul. Samuel said to Saul, the Lord sent me to anoint you king over his people in Israel. Now, therefore, listen to the words of the Lord. Thus says the Lord of hosts, I have noted what Amalek did to Israel in opposing them on the way when they came up out of Egypt. Now go and strike Amalek down to vote him to destruction. So this is that story I just told you. Um, go kill all these bad guys and, uh, you know, listen to what I say. Um, and so... Here's, here's the thing. In 1510, he says, The word of the Lord came to Samuel. I regret that I have made Saul king, for he has turned back from following me and has not performed my commandments. And then um, Samuel goes to meet Saul. Saul lies about it, says, No, I totally didn't do that. I, I swear I didn't do that. He lies about it completely and totally pretends that nothing happened. And he totally obeyed what God said, even though Samuel knows and God ultimately knows that he is lying. And then there we read some really harsh words in 1526. And Samuel said to Saul, I will not return with you, for you have rejected the word of the Lord, and the Lord has rejected you from being king over Israel. Now, if you look at the next chapter, you have a little bit of hope because here comes the story of David. And so I'm not going to talk about David next episode. I'm going to finish off Saul the next episode. Um, but look at this rejection. So Saul, the one that all the people asked for, the one who the people appointed as king and God just allowed it to happen, said, fine, you choose that. I'll let you choose it and let the natural consequences happen. And sure enough, the natural consequences happen, and it's brutal because while they are winning battles, and it seems that the country is becoming united, at the same time, they are being led by an unfaithful ruler, a ruler that essentially sits in God's lap and then slaps him in the face, says, thank you, God, for giving me all this wonderful stuff, but I don't need you anymore, and lies about it. I mean, it's amazing. And so this unfaithful leader who had us promising start is now about to enter a horrific, self-destructive downfall. And we're going to see it here uh, pretty quickly in the next episode. So what is it that we can actually learn from Saul today? What is the lesson from Saul today? Guys, I want to remind you of the same lesson that has been coming up over and over and over and over again, which is being faithful and obedient to God. If you looked at Samuel, the prophet, the one who hears God talking and gives those words out to all the people, he said these words, warning Israel of their king. He said, if, if you will fear the Lord, serve him. Obey his voice and not rebel against the commandments of the Lord. And if you and the king both do this, it will all be well. And then verse 25, if you still do wickedly, you shall be swept away, both you and your king. The lesson today is remaining faithful. 
God provides all kinds of opportunities in our life to experience all kinds of great things, to to be allowed to do awesome things, to be in leadership roles, to be the president of our country, for crying out loud. God allows for these things to happen. But if we choose ourselves or other human beings or our own ways to be like other nations or to be like ourselves more, then we are choosing those things over God. And when we choose those things over God, then we have no idea how to lead, how to govern, how to go through daily life because he is the source of all good things. And without him at the center focus of everything you do, you can have no true definition for what is good and how to be good or how to be love in this world. So my challenge for you is to look at your life and understand what it means to be faithful and obedient to God. Thank you so much for joining us for another episode from the Digging In Podcast Lessons From Series. Join us next time as we continue moving forward in the story of Saul.